Welcome to Cabin Minute Cast. The scenario has been chosen. The ritual has begun. <laughs> we are ready to appease the old gods one minute at a time. And I am Heidi Bennett. You can find me at HeidiBennett.com. That's the most sensual introduction like ever. So yeah, on that note, <laughs> I'm Molly Balin of littleredmark.com. So welcome back, everybody. This is Cabin Minute Cast. And in today's episode, we're covering Minute 23 of the movie The Cabin in the Woods. And in this minute, we are at the lake with the kids in the middle of Jewel screaming because she just got tossed in the lake. And we shift into betting pool time at the complex. Oh, yeah. So at the lake, Jules has just been tossed in and she's like, ah, the cold, ah. <laughs> Kurt is always going to hop in there and he's like, there's something else in the lake. It's a gorgeous man. And of course, he's very gorgeous. And then he hops into the water and Jules is like, I'm going to kill you. And Kurt's like, don't kill the gorgeous man. We're in danger. And that's very telling because as we know, they're Yes, very attractive, and they're also very much in danger. Uh, <laughs> so I find that even though this is very much still in jest, and uh, this is the safe danger that we were talking about from the previous minute, this is a, a really nice, subtle allusion to youth and beauty being sacrificed. And Marty is uh, with his Jay hanging out at the pier. So even the fool is is separated from the rest of the pack. And, and that's going to become, that division's going to get deeper in the coming minutes. But we're already starting with that uh, image at play here at the beginning of this minute. Yeah, for sure. And just the way he says that we're in danger. It's just like, hmm, why did that pop out of your mouth? That's kind of trippy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, and then we pull out of this scene in a pretty interesting way, too. We do, yeah. The camera is is low. It's a low shot where you don't feel like you're too far up from the actual water line. But it's separated out, so there is that sense of being watched, the that voyeuristic sense. Mm -hmm. And even the sound is, is remote, so you, you have that sense that you are quite a bit of a distance away. And then it, it cuts into a... A vital, so you hear the audio of the vitals monitor, like in a heartbeat right. thing. <laughs> heartbeat thing. You it's know. a heartbeat thing. You know, that thing, the heartbeat thing. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's the monitoring the heartbeat. And so you hear that low and the audio actually is the, the tie of transition into going back to the complex. And there's a, there's all the kids on the monitor Right. So we're hearing that heartbeat sound, if, if I'm hearing you correctly, while while the camera is pulling back in that voyeuristic fashion from the lake. And then mm -hmm. that sound continues into seeing the the stats, the kids stats sort of. Mm -hmm. OK. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's a little eerie. So you have and it's it's really brief, you know, and I think we talked a lot about the cinematographer being uh, a part of the Raimi crew and this being, you know, referential to his films. And I felt like that little piece is, is definitely feels like, you know, a Raimi move. For sure. For sure. 
Yeah, and then the pictures even of the kids, they're what I'm noticing, um, the pictures in this monitor section, they're like snapshot headshots of all of them that really mm -hmm. reference to me um, when you're watching television shows or movies where somebody's being under surveillance and they're those like quick kind of a snapshot and then, okay, there's their face. And, you know, I could, I could see a, just a camera, you know, taking a bunch of pictures and then, okay, here's the one where you can see their face pretty well. We'll use this one. And it just really evokes that, um, again, that being watched sort of a feel. I think that's really interesting that you mentioned that because that is also something I noticed too. And what's secondarily interesting to me is that we already have a cultural understanding of what that means. That that's a really simple shortcut way to give us a lot of information. And so I'm amazed that we have that visual language culturally and a little bit sad because that's something that we are so accustomed to seeing, you know, through tabloid magazines. So we know what that looks like, that somebody right. was, was waiting to take a photo that was, you know, it, it wasn't posed, it wasn't intentional on the part of the person who's who's getting the photo taken of them. Right. Yeah. Well, another thing that I'm noticing too is that, and I don't know if this has any meaning or anything, it's just, just an observation, is that Marty, of, of the five, Marty in this configuration is in the middle, and he's sort of looking upward, sort mm -hmm. of up into the sky, and then both of the guys are flanking him, so Kurt and Holden are flanking him and sort of at least... The way they've, what images they've chosen, they look like they're looking at Marty. And then both of the girls are looking outward. Mm, yeah, that is interesting. Yeah, he's central. Yeah, he's central and then he's looking up a little bit. So I don't know what it means. If anybody has any comments or ideas, let us know in the Gabin in the Woods group on Facebook. <laughs> We're gabbing it up over there um, in the gabbing in the woods or uh, over on Twitter or uh, you can Gmail us at cabinminutecast at gmail.com if you want to let us know anything that you're observing as uh, you might be watching this, you know, kind of at a slower pace along with us and and kind of checking this stuff out because I, I do think that's uh, could be interesting. It seems seems deliberate. Yeah, and if you look at the pictures, what's and, and maybe this is like we be digging deep here, but I guess that's movies by minute. But the shot of Marty is shot under him slightly. Mm -hmm. It's shot upward. The other ones aren't. Yeah, he. It's almost like a hero image. Like you could see his right. ha his hands on his hips, Superman or Wonder Woman style, right? Like his mm -hmm. or Great American Hero style. <laughs> Oh, I used to love that show. Yeah. Did you used to watch that? Greatest oh, American yeah. Hero? Totally, totally. Dude. <laughs> so good. So on a side note, Connie Selica. That was Connie Selica, right? I don't remember. That? It was William Cat, right? That was Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and uh Robert Culp. Okay. Was it the other God dude, I can't believe I have retained that information. I don't even <laughs> I don't understand what's going on because that shit is old. <laughs> old. There are people out there who are like, I don't understand. I don't even know what the greatest American hero is. And you missed out. <laughs> <laughs> it was totally good. It was totally. I, I believe it was Connie Selica. 
Yeah, because she's married to to John Tesh now. Oh, interesting. Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Side digression about John Tesh. <laughs> John Tesh is a radio show and he used to be on. Um, I mean, I knew him from like Entertainment Tonight back in the day. Sure. So if there's any John Tesh fans, John Tesh is like this really, he also does this, he has this very like adult contemporary music career that he also started after Entertainment Tonight. So if you guys want to switch careers. Sax by the fire and sax by the this and sax by the that. Is that kind of Yeah, I think there's, yeah, it's that vibe. Yeah, you're you're picking up what I'm throwing down for sure. And didn't he and, and Connie Selica also do like videos of like how to keep your relationship revved up or something like that too? I don't doubt it. I know that they were <laughs> kind of like, we're going to be like, I don't know that they were doing tantric stuff, but they were, it was that type of vibe. Like if you were to go to, you know, like a hippie retreat center and you're like, I want to revive my marriage, it would be like that couple who would tell you about how you can add crazy sex moves to your sex life and really spice it up, you know, if you've been together for like 10 years. Yep. I have vague <laughs> memories of that, but perhaps we should get back into this minute. <laughs> Greatest American hero, folks. Yeah. <laughs> Check it out. <laughs> so speaking of hero moves, yeah, I, I think that's a, this is really masterful movie making, filmmaking that we can get this little bitty dip into imagery and get all of that information out of just literally, I don't even know if it's even three seconds. It's a, it's a super simple snapshot that probably took someone, you know, two hours to like come up with in terms of design, but, Mm -hmm. but we can get all that information that he is, he's been posed as the hero and he is the hero basically. Yep. And we just get it from that, that little, little smidgen and then we have these cool maps presumably that to track them where they are in the property or in the the cabin or in the woods or what have you and um, then the creepy monitors yeah and unfortunately you can't I mean I didn't I didn't zoom in here but it looked to me like you couldn't really see what all of this stuff says yeah I couldn't tell from yeah from checking it out but obviously with that, that heartbeat sound, we're assuming that maybe they're keeping an eye on their heart rate and and uh, what does she say? Her vitals are good in that other mm-hmm. minute Lynn mentioned. So somehow they're they're keeping track of, of this kind of stuff, even though we don't exactly know how. Right. That's a good question. How exactly are they tracking them with that? Because they would need to have some sort of bodily monitor so that's not actually explained right are there some sort of implants or something mm-hmm. hmm, interesting is there a anal probe that <laughs> went through and that's how they're getting their information <laughs> from john tesh to anal probes this is already a pretty interesting episode <laughs> i think we have the name of our episode now <laughs> Sure to get some good uh, Google hits when people find it. I just want to know what kind of person's like at home alone, like with the Googles, like I'm going to look up anal probes and John Tesh. (laughs) 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 Oh my gosh. Uh, So uh, did you have anything else that you wanted to add to... Well, I guess we've already changed over because we're at the transition point. Uh, did you have anything that you had to add 
You had to add. You had to add about the I lake. Just had to add. No, not about <laughs> the lake. No, just okay. uh, yeah. It's just the first few seconds of this minute, and then, like you said, we pull back. We get in into where they're at in the uh, transition over to something interesting going on. Yes, uh, the next shot is a jar full of money. Yeah, and this is like a totally different vibe in this room because I think I mentioned a couple minutes ago that I realized, oh, I keep, I kind of in my head was thinking that this room always has, you know, a bunch of these other people in it. But in fact, most of the time it's, it's Citizen Hadley and their security detail. Mm-hmm. What's his name again? Truman. Um, Truman. So yeah, once we get back into the room here at sort of the the control room area, it's a totally different vibe. The room is filled with what looks like uh, a bunch of employees and they're throwing up their uh, money and their tickets. And we've got Sitterson like right at center stage. He's pulling everything in. He's talking about post time and the window being you know coming to a close and all this kind of um betting jargon so again this is sort of a quick little shorthand that something's going on it appears to be a betting pool of some sort yeah and it's a rowdy scene it is there's just the activity is just it's kind of frantic and frenetic and i guess kind of reminds me of yeah, closing bets at, um, what do they call it? Wall Street. I think you were mentioning about how there's just a lot of people here that normally we just see these guys, just Lynn and Hadley and Sitterson, and now right. there's just a shitload of people in this control room, and this is a locked vault room. So obviously they were like, okay, we're going to meet up at such and such time and we're going to do this thing. So this is like one of those white elephant office party type deals where you everybody's going to show up and bond around this thing. Yeah, and it looks like they've, at least most of them have probably done this before. So they all kind of know what to do. And in, in our um, our companion book that I have here, the official visual companion they actually have a little image and it's an image that that is of the betting slip so if you're curious what's on the betting slip it has a place for your name so there's a room for your first name and last name your department and then to win and that's one selection only so you're placing a you're only placing one bet and that bet is just to win so there's no like to tie or to you know anything else like it's just there's there's going to be one winner right (laughs) so Mm -hmm. that's what they're voting for and then wager amount and so you have a place to put that wager and at the, the very bottom it says the jackpot prize will be divided equally among multiple winners please print clearly so that kind of ties into us meeting Ronald the intern. Woo! (laughs) (laughs) He's kind of a standout player here in in this minute and the next. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, but we also got, like, people... There's one guy with a beard who puts up something. Citizen says something about, I'm not even sure we have one of these. And 
he says zoology what does he say yeah uh, zoology swears we do so well well they would know so i wonder what he's voting on <laughs> something a little right. a little um off so so something a little bit different than i guess the the general stuff that people may be the sure bets he's got mm-hmm. like a ringer idea of something Right. And I don't know that we we might have touched on this before in a previous minute, but one of the things that uh, was talked about with Drew Goddard in an interview is that each facility has different monsters in it. So there could be that type in another facility. And and that's part of, you know, why Citizen's like, I don't even know if we've got one of these. You know, there's there's a menagerie here, obviously. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's something to look at maybe on the board later. Maybe we can, by process of elimination, figure out what, what he's, uh, what he's voted for. Can we just stop for a second and talk about this as being Ronald the intern? So intern implies that this is an internship program. (laughs) Right. (laughs) I wonder how you get into this program. (laughs) Right. That seems kind of curious to me because uh, this is a high level military op that obviously requires a lot of vetting and previous education. And like, what department are you interning at exactly, Ronald? Like what, how did you get in here? Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah, and the thing that I really noticed with him, and he's played by um, Tom Link, is that to me, and this is a, a, another little connection to our our Whedonverse and, and the Buffy world, is that Tom Link was, um, you know, on Buffy, which again, you're, you're a little more familiar with than I am, but he was on Buffy around the same time, I believe, as Danny Strong. And to me, when I saw this character, Ronald Intern, he reminded me of another Danny Strong character, which is Doyle from Gilmore Girls. Mm. It's almost the same kind of neurotic, wearing a sweater and a tie kind of a look as um, Doyle. So I just thought that was funny is that I was like, oh, he kind of reminds me of Doyle here. And then I go, oh, wait a minute. Doyle was on Buffy (laughs) also. (laughs) And so was Tom Link. So I just thought that was kind of a little interesting. Yeah, they played, uh, they were the villains one season, the trio. Um, And and they'd appeared in in varying capacities. So that was the, I believe it was the second to last season um, for y'all who are Buffy Vans out there. Um, and he also continued into the comic book series too, I believe. Um, but he was in the last couple seasons, I guess more prominently, but he was a part of the, the super nerd villain trio. And everybody remembers Warren because Warren got skinned by Dark Willow because he ended up shooting um, Tara, which was really sad. So if you haven't seen Buffy, I Tara gets shot. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Who's Willow's girlfriend and that kind of goes bad. But gotcha. Yeah, but he he definitely he's got the sweater nerd jam totally down, and it's definitely reminiscent of Jonathan, who's uh the actor Danny Strong. Gotcha. Yeah, so and then the other thing about Tom Link I wanted to point out was just that we recently started following him on Twitter and it's his name, it's just at T O M L E N K. 
and he's currently just working on a lot of really interesting looking projects. So if you're interested in what Tom Link is up to, I su highly suggest following him on Twitter. He's got a hilarious sense of humor. He looks like he's doing all sorts of interesting things. He's got a show up called, let's see, Tilda Swinton Answers an Ad on Craigslist. <laughs> <laughs> That's currently extended through October 17th at the Celebration Theater. <laughs> and then there's a bunch of other stuff here that is, it's, it looks like that's on YouTube channels and things. So I'm not going to click over because that would be really distracting. But he's got some funny looking videos that that um that cabbage patch dolls are involved in <laughs> one of his other things that i thought was hilarious is it looks like he's got a running thing here where he puts up a photo of somebody during paris fashion week and then next to that person he dresses like a budget version of that fashion <laughs> and then does his own little little strut so his hashtag for this is link look for less so it's l-e-n-k-l-e-w-k for less link look for less <laughs> and it's him doing a total strut in this you know kind of ridiculous not kind of totally ridiculous you know <laughs> fashion stuff and um it's really super funny so I definitely recommend checking him out on Twitter and uh, seeing what he's all about. He looks like he's a really fun guy. It's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> That's yes. Yes, please. <laughs> so, yeah, what else besides our introduction here and all this hub of activity? What else did you kind of observe here for this minute? Well, I love the little dig about maintenance. <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah. What does he say? Well, Hadley you know, gets the note from him and is like, well, they've already been picked. And right. um, he's like, what? No, who took them? And he's like, maintenance. Well, maintenance, they pick the same thing every year. <laughs> and Hadley's saying, what do you want from me? If they were creative, they wouldn't be in maintenance. Right. <laughs> that is a total dig. Rude. Mm -hmm. I think everybody has to be creative in every single every single job that they do. One way or another, I'm sure maintenance actually has a lot of creative problem solving that they have to do to do their job well. Yeah, and I, I just kind of imagine like some of these maintenance guys, they tan leather and sell it at the farmer's market. <laughs> you know, they make like belts and stuff. There, there could be that guy who's just super handy, you know, and also super crafty. So there's a part of that where I'm like, there, that's totally reasonable that there could be a guy who's cool with like putting up a shelf and also cool with tanning leather and, you know, has a side hustle or, you know, what have you. I'm totally making shit up right now, but like, <laughs> yes, I understand. So you're writing fan fiction for your maintenance guy. <laughs> I am. It's like he's <laughs> he works all day with his hands and comes home in tense leather, makes me a lasagna. <laughs> I like where you're going with this. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> oh man! Well, that's all I really had for this minute. Um, I thought it might be fun to take a moment. Uh, do you have anything else before I forge forward? 
No, do it. Okay. Do it. <laughs> so back in episode zero, which is you know before the official minutes and official episodes started, we did a episode zero where you and I discussed our handshake horror five. Mm-hmm. And so then we put a call out for other people to share. So I just thought I'd quickly go through. Uh, what we have so far, and people uh, feel feel free on Twitter to still do the hashtag handshake horror five five, and share us your kind of getting to know ya five fave horror movies. And so I'm just gonna list a few here, and feel free to shout out any comments on any of these. So Jeff Ferry, aka Doctor Kankles. <laughs> Did you say Dr. Kankles? Yes. (laughs) He wrote uh, Poltergeist. Always a good one. Nightmare on Elm Street 3. The Shining. American Werewolf in London. Oh my God. Beware the moors. Beware the moon. Stay off the moors. Stay clear Mm. of the moors. Whatever the line is. That's one of my favorites for sure. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And then, um, let's see, that that's his five. And then for Batman at 89, we've got Niall. Niall says The Fly from 86. Yeah. Whew, that's a good one. Good old mm-hmm. Eraserhead. <laughs> mm. uh, Martyrs. I don't know that one. Do you know that one? No, I don't know that one either. The Shining and The Innocents. Then, let's see, we've got... Who else? Okay, from Superman Movie Minute, where he'll be covering the original first Superman movie from the <laughs> 70s. Um, he has The Seventh Victim, hmm. The Shining, The Thing, Creep Show, and Psycho. So, hmm. share a couple of them. I haven't seen Creep Show in a long time. Oh, The Roughneck Minute. They have. Trick or Treat, The Blob from 88. It says um, Creep Show, and then parentheses it says plus two. So does that mean Creep Show 2? I guess. Tell us what you mean, the Roughneck Minute, (laughs) plus two. Arachnophobia? I've never, I don't think I've ever seen Arachnophobia. And then the people under the stairs. Ooh, these are good ones. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Minute Impossible. They've got Nightmare on Elm Street, Hellraiser, Evil Dead Part 2, 13 Ghosts, which he says is goofy and has solid kills. <laughs> and Shaun of the Dead. Definitely a favorite. And let's see. We've got one more from Bat Minute 89. This is John. And he says Ringo... Ring Ringu, sorry, Ringo. Ringo star plus two. <laughs> His says ring Ringu plus two. So is that Ringu two? Probably. Yeah. Um Racerhead, Alien, The Shining, and Juon. J U O N. Yeah. And then he asks, Is Fire Walk with Me a horror movie? <laughs> Which I would say it could definitely fall into that category. <laughs> yeah, I think there's a case for that. So yeah, feel free to share those guys and in the future minutes we can share those. I think it's kind of fun to just, just remember what kind of, just a variety of, of scary, great horror movies there are. and Maybe discover something you've you've never uh, 
heard before or seen before. Well, I think that's about it for me. Should we wrap things up, Molly? Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. You can find us at cabinminutecast.com. And uh, yeah, this is good. We've got one more minute this week on Friday. And then after that, I believe we have some special guests coming to hang out with us. Indeed, there's going to be a a few folks who are going to come in with their expertise. And yeah, we got a lot of cool people with a lot of diverse backgrounds are going to be coming through. So it should be very interesting. Yeah, looking forward to it. Mm -hmm. Cool. So thank you all for coming back around for this Wednesday for this uh, episode of Cabin Minute Cast for episode 23. And we will see you back at the cabin. Mm -hmm.